we're going to talk about how to get rid of it. There's there's ways to do it that are cool and whatever and really don't work. And then there's, there is a trick to doing it uh, that might be a little bit more off the books, but uh, something that we wouldn't condone doing, we're going to get into that. We would never suggest no. you do that. But if you want to look like a superstar, it's a great way, it's to, do a great it. way to do it. <laughs> What's going on, guys? We are back. This is Project Parts, episode six. This is going to be all about obsolescence. Obsolescence. There it is, folks. The robot. The the internet robot said obsolescence. (laughs) That's how you say it. (laughs) So, uh, obsolescence. Here we go. Let's dive in to obsolescence. What is it? Obsolescence. Does does it say on the internet? Does Google say obsolescence? If it's used as a noun, it's the process of becoming obsolete or outdated and no longer used. Yeah. So basically it's a bunch of crap. It's, it's stuff that you brought into your inventory and is now just garbage because it hasn't sold in X amount of time. Yeah. It's at the end of its bell curve. Yeah. And sometimes that can be super avoided. We're going to get into that, how to avoid obsolescence. Um, but also, you know, how did you get it in the first place? How did place? you get it? How, why do you have it? Why do you have it still? And if you have a lot of it, why? Yeah, where did it come Clearly, from? Clearly, there was some issues. Now, sometimes we're going to talk about different manufacturers. And some manufacturers have it easier than others, I think. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Especially those who have a return policy. Um, I worked with Audi for a while, and Audi Volkswagen has an amazing obsolescence program. It's just buyback. Like, it's literally, you have... A percentage of what you buy, you can use that for pretty much anything to send back to the manufacturer, which is huge. If you have that type of program and you have 12-month no-sale, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I mean, you should probably utilize that more. Yeah. So uh, some manufacturers, like Ford, for example, uh, we do not have any uh, return policy other than like a 60-day return, but man, you get beat up for returning anything. It's a 20% restock fee, plus then they hit you with another 5% reboxing fee. Seems so, weird. It doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of fees involved in just returning a part. Yeah. But sometimes you got to weigh, uh, you know, is that worth paying uh, versus having that sit in your inventory for years and years and years. Yeah, and it could be years. It could and it's be. taking up room on your shelf. It could be decades. Dec- yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... Um, but yeah, obsolescence is something if you, if you're watching this or listening to this, you know, obsolescence, uh, and how it can hinder you. It's, it's a big part of our report card as a parts manager. Uh, that's something that the GM or the principal or whoever is in charge of you, um, will look at and say, you're not doing a good job or you're a superstar based on your obsolescence. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, it starts at nine months, no sales and you need to really start zeroing in and seeing I've what's seen coming. seven seven months well, seven seen, months so. yeah some, some to, me, to me seven months is a little early because it it's, is it's, it know, is. i just got it still right but it's i think still, i think yeah. nine is a good starting point and yeah. then if it's to 12 then you need yeah. to do something with it and if it's 13 and greater no sale yeah. then you gotta get rid of it i don't know why it's still here and and we're gonna talk about how to get rid of it there's there's ways to do it that are cool and whatever and really don't work and then there's there is a trick to doing it uh that might be a little bit more 
off the books, but uh, something that we wouldn't condone doing. We're going to get into that. We would never suggest no. you do that. But if you want to look like a superstar, it's a great way. It's to a do great it. way to do it. <laughs> I would never condone doing. You'd it. Never condone it. But, but you could. You could do it. So basically, how obsolescence works is you you bring in a part, post it. You post it. It's in your inventory. It's there. Maybe you don't even post it. Honestly, maybe you just plus it in. You plus it. You However, found, you found a part. Either you way, found a part. You put it in. Somehow it. It is in your inventory on, let's say, day one of this part being um, with you. So it's in your inventory, whatever it is. Then it doesn't sell. And it doesn't sell for months and months and months and months and months. And then it gets all the way, let's just say, 12 months. And you run your 12-month no-sale. And you will see that this part shows up on that. So you look at the history of this part and you see you have never sold it. First of all, why did you get it in? Second of all, because your rim program told you you had to have exactly, it. Yeah, that's a You've whole never sold thing. it, but your rim program said you had to have it. That's a whole thing too is rim programs rim. and oh god. But you know, so now it's a problem. Now it's something that you've never sold. Why you have it, you don't really remember, you don't know, but now you got to get rid of it. So, uh, there is and I mean, I think that's the thing too. Like yeah. you got to break away from the old mentality of like, I'll just keep everything just in right. case I need it. Yeah. We'll sell it. And but why though? I mean, right. You, you clearly haven't. Right. So why keep it just in case? Exactly. And some stuff, I mean, it, you might, uh, you might've sold it a couple times and brought it in, but it's for a 15 year old car yes. and the demand isn't there. Right. So why still keep it right? just in case? I mean, no, I mean, as parts managers, we have to really think, um, <laughs> there has to be, Okay. It hasn't sold in 12 months. In 12 months, it has not sold. I no, can't reword that any other way. Nobody wanted this. Nobody wanted this year. for a whole year. The chances of keeping it and moving forward, maybe you will sell it. Maybe, maybe you will. Maybe. But chances but, are pretty good that if you've had it for a year and it never sold, it's not going to sell. Well, but I mean, and also, what's the benefit if you do sell? I mean, right. because is it real? Is the gross you're going to get from that part really worth holding on to the part, yes. taking up shelf space, taking right. up inventory room? Is yes. it really worth it? Because, I mean, if you yep. sell it wholesale, you're going to make six bucks on the part. Right. Yeah. It's not. So it doesn't really justify keeping it, I don't think. No. And that's a good segue into why it's important. Why is obsolescence? Why do we need to look at obsolescence? Why is it an issue? Why is it a problem? Um, I, I said it before, but like it's a it's a huge part of our report card to our general manager or principal uh, in how we're managing the inventory. If you have a ton of obsolescence, uh, obviously you're doing something wrong. You're not managing the inventory correctly. Well, you have parts that don't sell instead of parts that do. So like you said, you have parts that uh, you have a ton of parts on the shelf that don't sell. That's taking up shelf space and. For some people, that's a big deal because uh, room is could be an issue. Uh, also, you know you're paying tax on that inventory. Well, so, so yeah, that's the dealer principal's investment, right? In the store yeah. is your inventory. Yeah, I mean, if Look you have it. a million dollar inventory and you have ten percent obsolescence, you're right? That's that's a big investment that's just there for no reason. Right. It's just they're not doing anything. Exactly, it's, it's like making. a used car lot, and let's just say all they know. sell is nineteen seventy nine Cadillac Devils. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. nobody wants nobody them. wants them. And then instead of you know having those parking spaces for like newer cars that will actually sell, you're tied up uh, with a bunch of cars that are just never going to move. Well, and some people manage. You know, some people have people above them managing their inventory value. Like you can't yeah. go over this amount. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. How are you going to bring in deal. new part numbers, new things that are actually going to sell yes. if your money is tied up in 
old parts that yeah. aren't moving. Let's just say you have a $200,000 inventory and your GM is like, hey, man, bro, you, <laughs> you, your inventory is too high. Like, that's way too much. That's more than we've ever had. I don't want you to have any more inventory. Well, now you're handcuffed because you have whatever 10%. 15, 20% of that is obsolescence, junk that you're never going to sell um, instead of having parts that you could sell. Well, and it's like a downward, like it's a it's a downward spiral too, mm-hmm. I guess, because if you're on a rim program and you're not allowed to have any more inventory, well, now you have to hold off on getting rim parts, which means your compliance with the rim program is going to go down, yes. which means you might yeah. not get kickback, you might not get uh, reimbursement. Right. Yeah. And it's a whole, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. And then, you know, sometimes that rim programs are tied to other dealer departments like you have to be this much compliant on yes. this to get service money or something yeah so now what now you're stopping the whole dealership because you didn't manage your obsolescence sooner right so and that's that's another good segment man we're segueing like crazy Segways. today so how to manage obsolescence um you know there's a it's better to be proactive when managing obsolescence so let's just say we sell i don't know this always comes to mind like a seat frame to service and there is um, you know, the technician misdiagnosed it or the technician that that's my dog barking. If you can hear that, that's Murphy. Is there a dog? <laughs> but, uh, in the studio, in the studio, in this professional setup, there's this, a dog oh my God. is doing this. It's okay. He's a cute dog. Um, but you know, you got a seat frame technician misdiagnosed it, brings it back in. Never happens. Never happens by the way. And, uh, oh no, I, uh, you know, it. I needed something else. Um, what happened was, uh, whatever, you know, so you take it back in. Now, here's two options. You have two options here. You can put it in stock. You can, well, three options. And, okay, you so, can put yeah, it in stock. Put it in stock. Um, you can. Just in case you sell it, you might want to sell it again. Maybe this part's going to get real popular. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Maybe you're know. ahead of the game and you're you're thinking. Yeah. Early phasing. Right, right. You know, if, uh, you know, we sell what you stock, right? So, like, yeah, <laughs> we'll sell that. Um, no. So, that option kind of sucks because that, that option is probably, you're never going to sell that. So, option two, send it back to the manufacturer, which, depending, again, on what manufacturer you have, might hurt, might not hurt. Um, but the hurt might outweigh having that in stock forever and ever and ever. Um, the third option is a little shady. You could, you know, do a claim on it that let's just say it was damaged. I would never condone <laughs> right. lying to the manufacturer right. about a part that was no damaged. No, but maybe it is damaged. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe that's why he couldn't put it in the car. Maybe. It was damaged. Yes. And he fixed the old one. So and he just, did, you know, in a sheer miracle, it actually wasn't what was needed. Yeah. Cool. yeah. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's crazy. That works so, out so perfectly. It was just a great, great yeah, situation. Great turn of events. So there's three things you could do right there. You can, Claim it damaged. Never condone that. Just make sure it's damaged. That seems shifty. (laughs) And then, uh, or send it back. Now, if you're, again, I I use just what I know. So, like, Audi, Volkswagen, or Hyundai. Uh, Hyundai, could we send back, could we send back things? 45-day return. 45-day return, penalty-free? Yeah. If it was a fast-moving part. That changed. I don't remember. Uh, It's been a year since I've been with Hyundai. I don't remember the policy. It's been like... tweaked. Five years since I was in no they shoot, also six years. They also six. tweaked yeah. with the rim program. Things got weird. I don't know. It's been a year. Yeah. I'm sorry guys. I don't know anymore. <laughs> Regardless though, like some manufacturers, you can just take that part, put it on the uh, buyback, and boom. You're yeah, I good. didn't get penalized for forty fives. It didn't matter. And then yeah, sometimes 
Um, sometimes like with Ford or I don't know, maybe other manufacturers who actually penalize you for returning parts will, will dock you pretty well, but regardless. And then there's an argument to be had too. If the technician misdiagnosed it and you send it back to your manufacturer and you get hit with 20%, let's say it's a thousand dollar seat frame. You charge service for that. You charge service for that. Why is parts parts isn't going to pay that? Service manager needs to manage his technicians better. You know, like send them to training or something, you know, (laughs) but like, Regardless, so that's that's how obsolescence can begin. And if you're not managing it properly, uh, that part will probably just go back in stock, and then it'll just sit there. And then that's just one part. Now that happens throughout all day, every day, uh, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the years, throughout the decades. And then all of a sudden, you have a ton of obsolescence. Right. And if you're not keeping on top of it, it just builds and builds and builds. Yeah. And then if you're walking into a department brand new. Yes. You're like. It's like a whole thing, too. Duh. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's bad. So if you walk into. Let's just say that's how a department's ran forever and ever. Nobody ever sent anything back. Never. Now you're a new parts manager. You walk into this department. You look at your reports. You see obsolescence. Oh, my God. We have a ton of obsolescence. What do we do with this? How do we clean this up? So that will lead us into how do you manage it? Um, So how do we get rid of obsolescence? There's several ways that you can try to do it. One that works for us um, is putting those parts up on like a D to D or like a, um, I wouldn't suggest eBay. I wouldn't suggest doing it on no, eBay. No, because online commerce is hard. That's a thing. Yeah. That'll probably be a future episode. I think of the podcast will be e-commerce in parts, but like it's, uh, eBay just doesn't work. It's, well, cause it's, people can say you didn't get the part or it came damaged and yeah. then you got to refund them and you got to pay for shipping. You got to pay shipping. Get it's, paid. It's, it's a thing. It's yeah. a process. Dealer to dealer is pretty solid yeah. way. Cause you know, yeah. especially, okay. For us again, Ford. So we, <laughs> we work at Ford and <laughs> we have D to D and I can put up parts that, you know, I can put it up for 50% off and chances are pretty good. If somebody needs that part, they're going to buy it from me. And then, yeah, we have to eat it. We have to eat 50% of it. But again, it's better than sitting on the shelf for no reason. Exactly. You want to get rid of this stuff that you're not selling. So taking the hit on that. And sometimes there's ways you can do it to where you're you're not necessarily really taking a hit. But that's some secret ninja stuff. At least but, you made something back. On yeah. It. If you sell a dealer, dealer, even 50 off, at least you got some money back. On right. It, and it's not on your hands right. anymore. So because the alternative you win, I mean, yeah, the alternative is that you just write it off and throw it away and scrap it. So maybe if it's a seat frame, uh, you scrap it and you get a couple bucks. Yeah, but you don't see that money in parts. No. That money goes to the service manager <laughs> yeah. and the GM and they buy lunch for the tax. They, they, they tier, tier three lunch of cheesecake. It's <laughs> some ridiculous thing that you have no part of. Yeah, yeah. So And they buy it when you're not there yeah, that day. And yeah, you get like, to eat. And right. And then what's you the point? What's the point? But that's the alternative. You write it off and then, yeah, okay, obsolescence is gone, but now you're taking a hit on your gross. You're taking a hit on everything that – you know, also matters. So, well, yeah. So writing off though, you just, that's the second way to get rid of obsolescence. Yeah. yeah. You just DS it out. If you're on CDK, you just DS it out and, or no, yeah, you would just DS it out and take the, the take the hit. Yeah. And maybe you take that, you'll probably see that at inventory when well, you do inventory, that's when you'll. So if you're using DS and CDK to take things out, it'll show yeah. up on your plus minus adjustments. Yes. Yep. Um, so that's something you can look at too. Maybe, mm. Maybe you mm-hmm. give out things like, uh, I don't know, some kind of fluid in the yes. car. The bulletin only calls for one. Yep. 
Um, but it comes in a four pack and you can get one back, whatever it is. But yeah. you make positive adjustments and you can use that positive adjustments to counteract your negative adjustments yes. to pick away at obsolescence. We are segueing so well here. Are we? <laughs> yeah, because that, that... I don't know where your train of thought is, so I'm just... <laughs> you're just... You're on the track. You're working just, perfectly. There we go. So... This has never happened before. That kind of leads us into another way to manage that actually works, how you get rid of obsolescence. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to this on the podcast, this is a sheer, surefire way how to get rid of your obsolescence. So, positive adjustments. That is a huge thing. So, for us, what we do with our oil is we will, let's say the price of oil is $2. Uh, we pay $2 per quart or whatever per for quart. Um, for oil. We post it into our system at, say, $5 per quart. So, Every quart that we post into our inventory, we're making three dollars. Uh, that, if you multiply that over how much oil that you put into your inventory in a month, can equate to thousands of dollars. And if you're doing more or less, it's still a good chunk of change. That money goes into an account that we set up with our office, and it's basically a write-off account. goes back to being on good terms with your office. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you need to have a good relationship with your office. And they set this account up, so that money, when, when say, like when I do the PO for that oil, I'm taking that amount of money, and I'm putting that into that account. At the end of the month, when we run our, or at the beginning of the month, when we run our obsolescence, we will... See what we have to write off and say, okay, I have this much money in the account. I can write off that many parts. Boom. Those just go away and they're paid for. So like if you have 12 month no sale and let's say it's $10,000 and you've got $5,000 in oil, you're eliminating 50% of your obsolescence just doing that. Yeah. And you keep doing that. Yeah. Uh, the, the trick is though, um, so you, you, we're gonna if you're doing it in an account, you have to put it in a parts invoice. Yes, sell it at zero cost, yeah. and you have to make sure in CDK you're doing it as a no history sale. Uh-huh. Otherwise, it counts as a demand, and that part becomes yeah could become active again. So make sure you no history sale. It's just one space and yes. no history. Yes, in CDK because in CDK, then yeah. then again, yeah, you're gonna create a demand because you're putting it on an invoice that is the account that you use on the invoice is like parts write off and that feeds into that uh, account that you have set up with the office so when you put a part on there it pulls out of that account but if you do it without if you do it as a no history then you're good if you just put it on the invoice it's going to count as a demand and then it's going to be like hey we should have this part. Right. You've just created <laughs> demand for a part you're trying to throw right. away. So. so make sure it's a no history. And then it comes back in on your stock yeah. order and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. And it's important too. I mean, if you're new at this and this is kind of like not making a whole lot of sense, um, it is important that you don't make this account with your, say your oil and you set up this account and then you're just DSing parts out because that's not, that's not how that that's works. That's not working yeah. right. That's not how it's working. So, uh, the option with that account too is if you get to a point where you're not doing much, you don't have much obsolescence. You can actually make that um, gross. I mean, that can be gross. So if you're at a point where maybe you have five thousand dollars in this account account at the end of the month, and you have a thousand dollars of obsolescence to write off, boom, you do that. You put on an invoice, done. Now you have four thousand dollars. You can take that as gross. 
you can take that as just pure gross profit, which is nice. Or, you know, if you're lucky enough to get to that point. But um, there's also another way to get rid of obsolescence. Um, and this is not something that I would say we condone for I sure. I would never no, but say there, that this is the way to do it. But if you want to look like a hero <laughs> to your GM, your principal, to anybody, um, I'm just going to say this. Um just remember that obsolescence is based on sales and demand. So let's just say... Not necessarily sales. It's based on demand. Demand only. Demand yes. only. So demand is anything. So like if you were to sell that part... That's a demand. That's a demand. Uh, let's just say you posted a lost sale on that part. Well, that that's a demand, that's isn't it? That's a demand. But you didn't actually move the part. So... Any demand for any part will reset that clock. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to tell you what to do from there because, uh, you know, yeah. it, it's just something that it's you in, should know. It's in CDK. It's in CDK. <laughs> um, but just remember, if you have a part that's 12-month no-sale and you do a lost sale on that, the clock starts over. Mm. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> would never say to do that. No, 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 no. That if you're deliberately going and just posting lost sales on all of your obsolescence, what are you what doing? Are you doing? Unbelievable. Shame on you. Oh, shame, 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 shame for shame. shame. But maybe there's an instance where that would be needed because like your manufacturer or, like or fluids. chemicals, fluids, your manufacturer is just sticking it to you. So maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe it's fair game, you know? I don't know. Depends. Maybe. It's, it's every place is different. But just remember any demand, lost sale, uh, <laughs> will restart the clock on that part. So I think the most important thing to do, though, if you're going to tackle this, is to yeah. learn your manufacturer's return yes. procedures. That yeah. is the first thing you should do. Yeah. Because you might not even know there's a return procedure. Right. And you might just be sitting on parts that you could send back. Well, what was the, you had airbags, yeah. right? So I walked in and there were airbags, shelves of airbags. Yeah. Some six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. So why do we have these guys? Oh, well, we can't send them back. We're stuck with them. They're airbags. And I said, no, there's, there's a process. All you have to do is create a return. There's no time limit. There's no penalty. Right. You create a return, send it in. They give you credit on the parts when they pick them up. They pick them up. We didn't have to ship them. Yeah. It was literally just... <laughs> Take these back. Right. Um, yeah. And that's that's it, a big deal. So it's amazing how many people don't know that because right. you would go to, you know, meetings for the manufacturer or training for the manufacturer. And these parts managers would show up and mm. say, hey, I have a trunk full of airbags <laughs> I want to return. Can I I just give these to you? And the poor people are like, no. What you are you doing? You just transported explosives <laughs> three states over. You can't. You have a trunk full of explosives. And yeah. they're like, I don't understand. what. There's no way to do it. You need to take them back. I but brought it, them here. And it, it wasn't hidden. It was just, it, it's in the policy and yeah. procedure manual. This is a return thing you can do. Just literally sub, put the part numbers in, hit submit, yep. and they take the parts back. They pick them up. You just, All you did was stack them in a neat pile. It's a great, so, great. I mean, think about all that money. So yeah. just that return was like right. three grand we did. Yeah. Just in eight, nine, ten-year-old airbags. Yeah. And it was in, I would say that's very specific. Like if you're new, if you're going into a department where everything is new, uh, you need to really make sure you understand the return policy um, because that's huge. Because let's just say, I mean, you want to be a hero to your GM or your uh, principal, whatever. 
maybe the last parts manager didn't really understand or even know or care about they the might policy. not have even known that there was one right no there is no return policy there so is none we can't return <laughs> we anything can't return anything nothing ever maybe you dive in and you look you're like oh my god we can actually return six percent of everything that we buy for free like there's no fees or anything you just return it oh my god so you can just start taking rid of obsolescence right off the bat and look like a hero so yeah i mean if you decrease your overall inventory of old junk parts in the first year and you knock that down i mean yeah. think how good that looks yeah. I mean, you can put that feather in your cap yeah. and be like look, look I, at what I, I did, I did. Thing. Like, <laughs> right. yeah it's a big deal so plus your inventory is gonna go quicker yeah i mean think about that like, oh people, turn rate yeah that's something too like yeah. how obsolescence can affect your turn rate if somebody's looking at your turn rate and is like uh, you're only at like a three, you should be between like six and nine and you're at three. Well, you have too much inventory. So how do you lower inventory? Well, a good way to do it is get rid of obsolescence. Cause get there's rid of probably all that stuff. a bunch of yeah. it there. I mean, that's, you know, you get that inventory down and now all of a sudden you're at six and or six, seven, eight, nine turns and you, now you're a hero. So that's a huge thing. Obsolescence is a very, 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 very big deal. Probably one of the more important things. But probably overlooked, too. I feel yeah. like a lot of people don't care, Yeah, but you should. That's your inventory. Right. I mean, you're, Jeff, you're judged based on your inventory. Yeah. And your obsolescence yeah. is high. I mean. Yeah. If I'm a GM and, you know, maybe I don't know a whole lot about parts. Maybe I do. Whatever. But regardless, if I'm at a bird's eye view of the parts department, I'm looking at turns. I'm looking at obsolescence. Those are two big things that I'm looking at in terms of inventory management. Also, put yourself in their shoes where if they don't know and they're just, let's say, they're reaching out to people to get, you know, and somebody tells them this and yeah. they just look at that. Yeah. And they actually don't know. Yeah. They're just going, oh, he said that you should be between these numbers. Yeah. And you're not. Why what are do you, you doing? suck? Yeah, why aren't you doing this? <laughs> you, you, we should be here. Why? What are you doing? What do I pay you for? You know, right. and it's that whole thing. We so pay you money and it seems like it's yeah. not working to yep. our advantage. Yeah. So, I mean, obsolescence, you should really control it. You get, get a good understanding of it. Hopefully this video, hopefully this uh, podcast helps shed some light on you know what it is why it's important and how to manage it i think there was a lot of good information here i think you just got to find it you just got to find it it's really between, it's between our, yeah. our nonsensical speaking exactly just remember uh obsolescence is based on demand or lack of demand so yeah there's a timer there is a timer that starts yep as soon as you get that part, as soon as that system. part comes in it starts ticking and then you got to get rid of you got 12 months to get rid of it Ooh, also though it's not just when it comes in, mm. because if you have a part mm -hmm. and you sell it and then 18 months go by, and for some reason it didn't phase out or didn't go on delete mm -hmm. and you find it and you DS it back in. Oh, yeah. That immediately counts mm. as 18 months. No sale. It automatically goes back in a return. Yeah. 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 That's a whole nother thing, too. Yeah. And you can always look at months. No receipt as well. That's a big thing. Because yeah. a lot of times that's what we look at, you know. And then, yeah, but for oh, reasons man. that we don't want to get into, we look yeah. at that. But months no receipt is a whole other thing because I'll yeah. show you the last time you posted that part. And maybe it was right. like five years ago, you sell one a year. Yeah. I mean, do you really need to have, let's say it's a recall part or it's not a TSB, something you right, have right, 46 right. Yeah. on the shelf. You sell one a year. Yeah. You have a lot of excess. You can knock that down quite a bit. So that's something else to look at for returns because, yeah, you sell deal. it every nine months. You right. sell one. But it's you have gonna come in. 50 on the shelf still. And, and I think that's a CDK thing, isn't it? Months no receipt. Uh, like when it comes in, like 18 months go by, you don't sell it, but then you post it in 
and all of a sudden it's 18 month no sale. Yeah. That's I, a CDK thing, isn't it? I don't I know. I don't know because it technically still it didn't have a demand. Yeah, you just makes, put it in your inventory. It had a demand. It doesn't make sense. But it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah, um, don't, yeah. put, don't put junk parts in your inventory. Yeah, and then there's that like whole uh, rim thing too. Like, you know, don't send stuff back or write stuff off that is rim controlled uh, if you're yeah. on a rim control you program. Gotta, yeah, you got to pay attention to that too because if you just start DSing and writing yeah, off parts, it's just going to come right back. <laughs> well, and then I mean, if it was yeah. actually going to be eligible for return in two months yeah. and you were just like, throw it away, I don't want it. Right. So if a part comes in, on rim and you just decide you nine months go by you just want to throw it away right you might that part might be eligible for return in two months yeah and you just wrote it off you just and wrote lost it off. money here's what's going to happen yeah you write off a part that's rim controlled uh it's few still things are going to happen manufacturer so controlled. it's still manufacturer controlled so be careful not to write it off because here's what's going to happen uh you're going to write it off and in two three months whatever you know you're going to be able to send that back to the manufacturer if it's rim controlled but here's the funniest part that's going to happen. You're going to write it off. You're going to throw it away. And then a day later, it's going to come back in on yeah. your stock order. <laughs> you're going to be like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Threw this away the other just, day. This is, what the heck's going on? Yeah. It's like the remote and click, you know, like he throws it away and then it's back in his hand. It's yeah. also the classic, you know, you're, as, as soon as you write something off that hasn't sold in 12 months, yep. the tech's going to come to the counter oh, and yeah. need one the, yeah. that next day or that day. Yeah. Or, we sell these all the time. I just threw it away. <laughs> I just threw it away, man. Yeah. So just be careful with rim parts. That's a whole nother thing. Um, trying to think if there's anything else other than there's probably so much. There's, but there's I mean, a lot. Yeah. You know. Hopefully, I think this kind of covers like What's a lot it? of this content is geared towards like newer parts manager, newer parts people, people coming into a department. Yeah. Or like you know what? If you've been doing this a long time, you've been a parts manager for a long time. Things change so frequently. Sometimes a, a different perspective uh, that we try to offer you know, can help you out as well. It's so just the way we do it. And, right. You know, what you we know, think and what we do, it works. What we're doing works. I mean, we have, <laughs> we have $550,000 in inventory now and we have hardly any ops. The only obsolescence we honestly have is rim controlled parts that there's, it's a long story. We went through kind of a buy sell, so we can't return them until later this year. But anyways, we run with very what it is. very Silly. little obsolescence. So, yeah. um, but things that work for us again, D to D. We're not experts. No, by the way, we're not experts. We're just two guys. We're two dudes. Two uh, dudes that like parts a lot and uh, decided to make a podcast and trying shoot to videos. And just all. trying to help. Just people. trying to help because yeah, we say it all the time. Well, there, we didn't get help. We didn't get help, and there was a lot of so much stuff I could have done better at so many times. So much stuff you had to learn on the fly and learn by mistakes, and it was painful. Yeah, mistakes. But you know, you learn. But if we can help you guys in yeah. any way, we want to steer. That's you what in the we're right here direction. for. So hopefully, in this weird automotive business, we can keep people. Yeah. Please engaged. stay in the business because such a weird business now. Uh, it's hard, and some people are getting put in positions they shouldn't be in just because <laughs> just there's nobody, because, exactly. nobody wants to work. And and you know what though, sometimes you get put in that position that you shouldn't be put in. Watch these videos, listen to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, we will help you if you need help, help. Reach out to us. We have a website. We have a web. We should probably talk about the website. We have it's, a website. You should put it down here. Yeah, we should put it like right here somewhere. But it's a uh, project. Cover my face. <laughs> it's cover my face with www.projectpartsonline.com. Yeah, it might work. <laughs> you have to actually type that in too because yeah. Google search isn't working. Yeah, yet. no, we're we're 
the SEO is is really bad. It's anyways. expensive. Like, it's so it's expensive. <laughs> we need you guys to watch. We need you to subscribe. We need you to, um, you know, yeah, just you know, share with your friends, share with your coworkers, get the word out. Project parts. Um, you know, we're gonna hopefully be making more videos um, much more frequently. We try to do one once a week. I think that's kind of the goal. Fingers crossed, yeah. Yeah, hopefully nobody gets sick or there's no other holidays coming up. Arbor Day? When's that? Arbor Day. Isn't that in the summer? I don't know. I think I thought that was in the summer. I don't know. It's trees, right? Yeah. Why would they have Arbor Day in the winter? <laughs> well, trees grow in the winter, too. Do they? I thought that's when they stopped growing. Trees exist in the winter. They exist, but they're not growing. It's also not cold everywhere. It's not? Everywhere, I guess. Yeah, but in the summer, that's when they grow and flourish and they have leaves. <laughs> Warm year-round in the southern states. I don't know. Evergreens, those never die. There you go. Evergreen day. Do they die, though? We'll have to take evergreen day off. I evergreen. mean, eventually they die. They Do they? Everything dies. Everything dies. Well, we're going to end on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're on YouTube. We're on... Uh, all your favorite podcast, 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 your podcast. favorite podcast sites, <laughs> favorite um, podcast. There's sites. a Facebook group, Facebook group. Yeah, go to like Project that. Parts Facebook. There's like I'm not on it, but like they are. Yeah, Nick doesn't do the I don't social do media. Yeah, or social media. Uh, we have an Instagram account. It's you John know, has an Instagram account. Yeah, it's we, there. We're taking pictures of parts. Yeah, it's there. It's you know whatever. But like the big thing is like uh, the Facebook group, the website, this YouTube channel, and it's um, a flashing warning. That's a. <laughs> What does that mean? It's in Chinese, too. Um, oh, I think that means it's overheating. Oh, good. Okay, we should end this now. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, thanks for watching. We will see you guys in the next one. Bye-bye. So long.